out there. All right, Sam. I mean, um, uh, Corey, uh, I'm going to do this, and I mean no disrespect to Mr. Crenshaw, but he's in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a boat with a lot of people who aren't necessarily that enamored with this matchup in the World Series that we've got so far. So for those folks who ain't watching, maybe they're just doing a deep dive into football because their team's not there, what are they missing with this series so far after two games, if anything? Yeah, I mean, I think you're missing one of the you know one of the most complete teams that we've seen in baseball in years in the Astros, in uh, a team that you know much like the Braves a year ago just learned to fight uh, and win uh, basically dog fights and claw their way back into Philly. So I, I think it you know it really sets itself up for you know Philly's got a split in Houston and now they go back home. Do we know? I mean, think about this: you're going into a, a crazy atmosphere that we know you're going to get in Philly on Halloween night. I mean, it's going to be electric uh, at Citizens Bank Park. So, I mean, I know there's going to be a lot going on Monday night, but uh, I think we got to tune in and watch that for sure. Yep, yep. Spending time on the waitfor.com hotline this morning with Corey McCartney. He is social. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Corey J. McCartney, all lowercase. Um, you, you, thought about, you talk about this Philadelphia team and the, faith, the way they came back, and I won't say they stole the first game, uh, but, you know, who could the Astros to have the lead and have who they had on the mound there at Philadelphia. Does that like, you know, the fact that they were able to do that on the road kind of bode well for them coming back to Philadelphia? Yeah, and I think you can look at it from two ways, right? I mean, the Astros piled up five runs on the two best pitchers that the Phillies have in Aaron Nolan and Zach Wheeler, and they did it in back-to-back nights. Um, it just so happens that the first of those nights that one of the best pitchers of the last 20 years decided to cough up a 5 nothing lead in Justin Verlander. Um, you know, that part was kind of inexplicable. Uh, but it's just it's also crazy that he's never won a World Series game. He now has an ERA over six in World Series games. Um, you know, the expectation, at least from Dusty Baker, is to get another shot at this thing if this series extends. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, certainly, you know, the Phillies shown that they can come back. And think about Kyle Schwarber last night. Comes close to a home run twice in the same at bat. Uh, in the eighth inning would have been a two-run shot. We're talking about a one-run game. Uh, in the ninth inning, as opposed to the you know the uh, the, the Phillies just getting that uh, late meaningless run, so things could have certainly played out differently uh, for sure last night in Houston. As I have watched this World Series, and as you just touched on with the Phillies, I'm looking at a team right now that's put into a category. As others have said, this could be if they win this the greatest achievement in in postseason history, especially where they started and it'd be doing were they to win it and who they went through. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, so think about the fact that, you know, you added this additional round to the, you know, a, a year before the lockout, there was already reports that ESPN and Major League Baseball have already agreed to this, uh, you know, extended round of the postseason. Um, you know, it's all going to be there. It's going to be part of the negotiations for this. Um, it was going to be one, and it, feel, it felt obviously just like a money grab for uh, for baseball and for, uh, you know, for the and then you have one of those teams coming out of that additional round is the one that's, you know, on the just three wins away now from actually winning the whole thing. I mean, it's pretty crazy when you think about it from that end. I mean, just the fact, and, and you know, I mean, if the Brewers, uh, they, you know, missed the postseason by one game, you know, we're talking about potentially the Phillies not even getting into this tournament at all. Uh, and then for them to be at the point that they're at right now, I mean, it's, it's pretty stunning stuff when you think about what they were able to do, the managerial change in the middle of the season. They're not supposed to be here. And, you know, think about the DH with Bryce Harper. You know, that's not in play. He had surgery a long time ago. Uh, he would have for Tommy John surgery and be sitting at home right now. And the Phillies probably wouldn't even be in this thing. So there's just so many different variables uh, to think about that team even being to this point. Not to mention the fact you have a managerial change. I mean, uh, and, you know, we've seen it before, but just to see that in this day and age to see a team – 
you know, make that change in midseason and then see a team get to this point. Uh, it makes the story quite special. I think both managers are very special stories when you think about what's happened in Philadelphia and obviously Dusty Baker uh, coming off the bench, if you will, to take over uh, a team in, in Houston. I think the, the backstories on those two men are, are simply tremendous. Yeah, and Rob Thompson is really interesting, right? I mean, he had Philly, the Phillies playing at a 95-win pace after he took over for Joe Girardi. He's 10-3 and in the postseason. He's only the ninth manager to ever take a team over in the middle of the season and win a pennant. Um, only two of them, Jack McKeon uh, with the, the 03 Marlins and Bob Lemon and the 78 Yankees have ever done that and won the whole thing. Um, and then you think about the bullpen was like the biggest issue for the Phillies for years, and all of a sudden, you know, they haven't blown a lead in the playoffs at all. And in one of their two losses, they didn't score a run. The other one, Aaron Nola, blew a four-run lead. So I don't think you can say enough about Rob Thompson. And obviously, you know, I, I'm not discounting Dusty Baker whatsoever here. But I think, you know, any of the three of us could manage this uh, Astros team and do quite well for ourselves. But I think it's the fact that, you know, that Dusty's been able to kind of, you know, uh, deal with some of the – you know, the pressures on this team, I mean, they're still vilified, you know, in, in almost every stadium they, they walk into that's not Minute Maid Park. And I think the way that he's been able to kind of, you know, cast that aside and not be, you know, tied into that whole thing and help the team, you know, turn the page in a lot of ways from that, I think really is a, a testament to what he's been able to do in Houston. You know, and them getting there, we haven't talked about that, too, because we we're at the tail end of what we saw them do to the Yankees. These guys, last night was the first loss that this Astros team has experienced. That's what's crazy. So I want to ask you this, and again, it's still a work in progress, but I mentioned them getting through the Yankees. What do you think they are going to do with Judge? Which it all begins and ends with the money they spend for him or not spend. But then also, let's morph into your thoughts on what this Braves team is going to look like. Uh, any moves that you would like to see or think are going to happen in the offseason and as they hit spring training coming up? Yeah, so, I mean, it's not as though, you know, the, the Yankees are one player away from catching up to the Astros. And the Astros aren't going anywhere. They will they will continue to be the benchmark team in the, in the American League for these next few years. Um, I, I don't think the, the Yankees are one player away from catching up to them. So the amount of money that it's going to take to keep Aaron Judge uh, in, in the Bronx, I mean, you're not going to be able to all of a sudden fix everything because you have him. But if you don't have him, you know, then you're that much further away. So they're in a really weird position. But I don't think, obviously, they can afford to lose him. It's going to take, you know, mega bucks. He bet on himself this past year. Um, you know, it wouldn't take that $212 million that they offered him. So uh, that's going to be a really interesting play to see you know, how much they're going to have to throw to keep him there. And from a Braves perspective, obviously, you know, everything surrounding, you know, Dansby Swanson and whether or not they're going to be able to keep him. I didn't think it was going to get to this point. Uh, Graham McCauley and I got into this pretty deeply on From the Diamond yesterday. That's available uh, wherever you get your podcast. If you want to go check the show nice. out, but very nice. Um, very beyond nice. that, Isn't he smooth? beyond that, I mean, that's right. <laughs> yeah, beyond that, beyond that, I mean, I don't know if they're going to do anything bullpen wise. Uh, there's talk of you know Kenley Jansen potentially coming back. I don't know if they upgraded left field at all. They just didn't get things done uh, with that mix of Rosario, and uh, I think ultimately they find a way to move on from Marcelo Zuna. Uh, it could be an interesting offseason for the Braves, but obviously that, as much as the Yankees starts and begins with Aaron Judge, everything for the Braves starts and begins with Andy Swanson. Wow. That, that, that's something to think about. You brought that back home to, uh, to our squad here. They, they, they need two awards this year, Sam, for the American League. They, listen, we know they're going to give the MVP to Judge, but there should be a separate one called the best player in baseball and give that to Otani. Because just it just didn't seem like the Silver Slugger Award is enough for him. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't seem that's this is we are seeing something crazy right now. And you can talk about and this is debated every year with what does the valuable part mean in the MVP? 
But do you subscribe to that, Corey? I mean, I believe he's going to get it, but I actually believe that Otani should get the MVP, but they're probably not going to give it to him. But that is hands down. And the guy who he's playing with was considered the best player in baseball in Mike Trout, and he has trumped him by a mile. Yeah, I mean, you think about what he's able to do on both on both sides of the game there. I mean, it's just obviously, you know, it, it's all unprecedented. But I, I will say what I'm really interested to see is in five years from now, are we seeing teams, multiple teams having an Otani? I don't mean to the same degree of, of what they're able to do on both sides, but do more teams have that kind of guy that they're willing to invest in, you know, both elements of their game? We, we've seen, you know, sprinkles of it here and there. Brendan McKay was a guy at Louisville. You know, that was a multiple-time, you know, John Olerode winner in, in the, the Rays system, and they never really get, let him get to that point. What's the trickle-down effect of having that Otani and that team having a belief in both sides of a player? Because there's a lot of guys who are going to college as two-way guys who get shut down by the time they get to the pros. Yeah. What, what's the, the, the long-term effects of Otani? I think it's going to be fascinating. Corey, good luck today. What time's your uh, game start? 9 a.m., so about to hit the road to Cartersville, working on that dub. <laughs> Go get right, it. Man. Go get it. All right, man. Corey McCartney, as always, we thank you, man. We'll check in with you again before the World Series is over with. Have a great rest of your weekend.